What's going on, friends, and welcome to another episode of Best Friends Talk Funny, the only kind of funny community podcast all about the best friends that make up said community. I am your host, Kyle Stevenson, a.k.a. Who That Ninja 73 and once again, we have a very, very special episode coming at you, not only because it's my guest, Cameron Kennedy, the man behind the kind of funny in review intros, as well as some other cool things that he has done for kind of funny. Um, but this is the big 5 0 episode 50. We're halfway there to that century mark. And once again, I cannot thank each and every single one of you out there who have listened to any of these episodes. Even if this is your first episode of listening, I appreciate you so damn much and I love you. And thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this show to get to know a best friend a bit better. Because it's awesome. I love doing it. I will continue doing it because this community needs to be showcased and shown how awesome the people are that are inside of it but that's enough of me talking about the big milestone when we hit 100 i'm gonna go all out get a little bit crazy but 50 we're just getting started friends but when it comes to this episode cameron and i we talk about living in canada we talk about him starting his uh filmmaking at a very early age uh talk about switching up his careers and his studies in college and and finally following his passion that is uh, post-production and filmmaking, as well as the uber-talented Donald Glover. Uh, we, we talk about what scarred us as a child, and of course, I take him through the Makuga Zone. So without further to do, let's get to know a best friend a bit better. Kind of funny is best friends. What that means is we are there for each other. What that means is that you can go to any kind of funny live event. You can go to an RTX. You can go to a PAX. And if you see someone in one of our shirts, you can go up and talk to them. You can go to dinner with them. Kind of funny is this. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm, you know, hanging in there in these times. Yeah. You know, it's kind yeah. of tough, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so most of you probably, or most of uh, the listeners out there or Kind of Funny Best Friends know you for your intro work for Kind of Funny. Um, right. The interview right. stuff. Uh, but this is about getting to know you a little bit more and, and for you to kind of share with the world, the community, what makes you special. So let's right. start with uh, where are you from, Cameron? Uh, I was born and have always lived in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, oh, I should say. Okay. Yeah. Um, You're yeah. like one of three people I've had on the show that are around that area. Yeah, I saw <laughs> who was the one that I'm familiar with. I have Fiona. Fiona's Fiona was on. Yeah. Uh, she was a, a friend of mine kind of wrestling is in Nova Scotia as well. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, the uh, Fiona I remember seeing in the Facebook group. It was mm-hmm. near the beginning of Kind of Funny's launch. Uh, seeing like someone else what, that was a fan was actually from around here and thought that was pretty cool. Never met yeah. anyone though. But... <laughs> What's it like living in uh, in Halifax for you? That I was thinking about that a little bit earlier because I knew I was going to end up talking about it. Um, yeah, 
And I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's kind of the thing of, I, I think the biggest thing for me that, that I think Nova Scotia, that Nova Scotia has the image of being like a fishing kind of place. Like, sure. The people probably think of lobster and stuff like that, which is weird because I've never even eaten lobster or anything like that. I'm not, it's not, for most people I know, it's not even a thing. Um, oh, yeah, no. For me as well, I live on an island. You think like seafood right. is like among island is kind of like a big thing. I hate seafood with a passion. Yeah, no. So, like, I, I get where you're coming from. It, uh, that's why I, I think, and you probably are pretty similar then, I'm surprised the most with, I think, something like even access to the water. Just whatever comes along with that. So maybe it is something like seafood, but as well as, like, beaches and mm-hmm. things like that. Like, I think there's a much bigger focus on anything related to anything related to the ocean, I guess, which is a weird answer. But uh, yeah, I do notice... I think more of that when I have traveled more inland, um, that that is the biggest difference I notice. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, even with how maybe it affects weather and things like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, like uh, I'm sure you've. Yeah, of course you have. You've been hit by like hurricanes and nor'easters and yeah. stuff. So <laughs> that is something unique to us who live here on the east coast. We yeah. live on the coastline and get hit by those things. But like when I talk to to people on the show who you know, deal with tornadoes or deal with other kind of crazy weather right. that I can't even fathom right. what that is like, but I know full well what it's like when these water based kind of like uh acts of nature happen. So like yeah, I get yeah, water based things is something that I kinda take for granted. Because I just figure, like, everyone knows yeah. what it's like to be by the water. Yeah. It's uh, a couple of them are like yeah, when I hear about someone it's like during the summer, everyone has the option to, if they don't have a pool, they could just go to the beach or something. Or yeah. little things mm-hmm. like, uh, since I'm in Canada, uh, when I hear about people who have never experienced snow, things oh, like yeah. that, those are ones That's that always one. throw me off. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, I, I, it's, it is something where I don't know how different things are here. I guess there's a, there, there have been small things in the past. of uh, I It was only a couple of years ago when I figured out that like something called garlic fingers, I don't know if you guys... I've never heard of that before. That's nuts to me. So <laughs> it's a thing where it's pretty much, I, I, I'm going to explain it poorly, but it looks like a pizza. It's cut into long strips and it's cheese and it's garlicky and there's like a sauce thing go, that goes with it. And anytime anyone orders pizza, they also order garlic fingers. Like it's just an automatic thing. And it, I, it legit, I was probably, I was in my early twenties when I figured out that, uh, yeah. No, that's a thing only around here, which huh, it, that, that was a, that's interesting. It was like a, on the KF podcast when Andy found out about the pickle thing with popcorn mm-hmm. at the movie theater. It was that kind of moment. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we have breadsticks, but we just call them. Bread oh yeah, sticks. we we have breadsticks. We have garlic bread. This is a very specific <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. that's kind of like cheese popcorn and caramel popcorn instead of like regular popcorn. Just a variation of yeah, yeah, yeah. Already sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, garlic fingers is a weird name, though. I'll be yeah. totally honest. <laughs> well, it's one I wouldn't have ever <laughs> even thought about. Like, I it, I don't know how I never watched a movie and they never shut up or anything, but I just assumed the rest of the world is yeah yeah consuming. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, in Halifax, what do you do for a living? I am a filmmaker. Um, primarily, my my main day to day job is uh, I'm an assistant editor at a production company sweet um and so i mostly end up working post-production even outside of that job all, all kinds of other work that i end up doing is all post-production related to mm-hmm. mostly stuff like editing 
Gotcha. Is that something, obviously, you went to school for? Yeah. Uh, I ended up um, switching to filmmaking in 2016 and took two years of school for that. Um, But I have been editing since I was, I think I was maybe 10. Oh, wow. Okay. So what, at the age of 10, made you want to get into editing? It was a weird kind of thing of, I'd always been interested in behind the scenes on movies, like... I would buy movies as a kid just to watch behind the scenes kind of things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it was interest in filmmaking. And with my friends, we discovered like a windows movie maker way, way back in the day. And, uh, we would just take cameras and just go shoot something and edit it. And I don't know. I think it was just a way of entertaining myself. It was like a, it was a big hobby for a while and it always stayed one up until I mm-hmm. went off to university or I shouldn't say went off. Cause I've always been, here in Halifax, but I went to university and then had to kind of cut that off until eventually mm-hmm. I switched back. Can you hear that right now? That sound in the background? Uh, no, no, okay. I can't. So yeah, my there's a sink right on the other side of this. Uh, oh wall. please, I'm in the basement. The bathroom's above me. My nieces are running around. We're good. Okay, perfect. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever at the uh, now you're older? Have you ever gone back and watched the stuff you made as a ten year old? Uh, I've done a very good job of always knowing, like, okay, being very aware of anything I make, I'm going to cringe at. So after a couple of years, I usually would just delete it. Get it oh, really? out of okay. sight. Like my YouTube page, I, a couple years ago, without even watching things, went through and it's like, delete, 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 just cleared out a bunch of stuff, even in the back. Uh-huh. And like, yeah, and privatized a bunch of other stuff, so... What was the most embarrassing thing that you made? Like, what, what were some of the concepts as a 10-year-old you were making? Concepts as a 10-year-old? Um, there was... There's this ongoing series I had with a friend of mine. Um, do you Did you know what Webkins are? Uh, yeah, that name rings a bell for sure. Yeah, so they're like these stuffed animal things that will come with a some online game thing you connect with them. And there was a Gorilla one, and we had an ongoing show we made where mm-hmm. it was about this gorilla and there, I, I don't know how much more there is to explain to it because there wasn't more to it it was literally okay. back then we would pick up a camera and start filming so that's awesome yeah it, it, there's probably stuff i forgot about but i i did i, I legit did a very good job of making sure i could forget <laughs> about anything that i knew would be make me cringe going back and watching yeah if if i made any sort of content when i was 10 i'd I'd be the same way like i don't me as a 10 year old was a geeky nerdy by myself didn't really have a whole lot of friends like right i'm sure if i made videos it would just be me with like my gi joes fighting against each other and doing voiceover for for them and being real bad at it this was not much better than that it was pretty much that yeah yeah um so uh what were you doing before you switched over to filmmaking at university i was in computer science for two years um i went to university for that that was a pretty last minute decision i um had been planning not planning i had been wanting to do film my entire life Mm -hmm. um but as most entertainment stuff goes it's like how do you get work in this um, and so then my plan was like, okay, I'll probably do engineering. And then I went to a school tour kind of thing with the university is planning on going to and listened to engineers talk for a couple of hours and how enthusiastically they spoke about, uh, the type of work they did that sounded incredibly boring to me. I realized, okay, I am not doing this and thought, okay, I'm not doing 
film because I'm not going to get work. I'm not going to do engineering because I'm going to get bored out of my mind. I mm-hmm. kind of just chose whatever seemed most related to my interests, like technology. Um, so I did that, and that also was not a perfect fit. So I think I just ended up realizing I'm not going to be happy with anything else. I have to switch over to mm-hmm. uh, my actual passion. And when you did that, because I know for me when I was in college, I went to school for teaching and we weren't allowed to take any like teaching classes until our junior year. Right. And so like all the classes that like the mandatory like sciences and math classes you had to take, I bored out of my mind. But when I had my first teaching class, I was like, oh, my God, I'm super interested in this. I'm not as bored. So was that like the same thing? The moment you switched over, started taking filmmaking classes, you were like. All it, in. it was legit like a light switch kind of uh, mm-hmm. year for me because I, I went to a uh, mental health specialist at the school because I was thinking like, OK, I, I'd always had a, a thought like, oh, I might have ADHD. Sure. Not like debilitating or whatever, but like mm-hmm. enough that I thought like, OK, I can tell in classes right now it's at its worst or I cannot pay attention. And I went there and eventually the conversation kept coming back to the person saying like okay well why are you in this and why aren't you doing what you have wanted to do and hearing an actual professional say that to me was kind of where i realized uh i i didn't know either Mm -hmm. i had no answer for it um and when i switched it went from me having to do something like that having to reach out for help to excelling just it was something i had been doing again since i was 10 like this was this is what i was good at And Mm -hmm. that was a very motivating kind of feeling Um, where it it was, yeah, like it it was exactly what you're talking about. Like, finally, I'm interested in something and Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm in the right place now. Like, yeah. And that's what I I try to tell. Like, I I don't really work with this age group much anymore. uh, But after school, I used to work with like middle schoolers and high schoolers who were troubled, had issues at school and whatever. And they really not knowing their place and knowing what they wanted to do. I'm like, listen, it's, you just got to try it out. Like it's yeah. like, sh- you, you might want to think one way and your, your brain uh, or yourself will, will think I want to do something else. Cause like, that's totally where I am now. I'm there. I'm going to be 33 in, in two weeks uh, about, and I'm kind of over teaching almost. Right. And I need to start thinking about what else I want to do and find something I'm passionate about. And that I can do at this stage of my life. So right, and learning that at, at the age you did and finally pushing yourself to make that change is probably the best thing anyone could ever do. Yeah. I, uh, I, well, first off, happy early birthday. And oh, uh, second, uh, the, I, I was expecting to go in and be one of the older people in my class. And I wasn't like, I was on the lower end and mm-hmm. I think I was 22 at the time, maybe. No, 21. Mm-hmm. If even that. I may have been 20. I don't know how old I was. <laughs> uh, and no, yeah, I was 20. And so it there there was people in their 30s in that class. There was people in their 40s with kids in that class. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you're just saying that, like, who was it? Uh, who's that guy, Megaran? Yeah, who switched yeah, from being teacher, a teacher yep. to a rapper? Like, what? What of my the people I think as of an inspiration of somebody who was in the same field as I am and realized like that's yeah. not where his passion is. Or I believe in in one of the interviews he did, like he wasn't getting 
the recognition he thought felt he deserved and yeah. it was just he felt like he was going nowhere so he made that jump and look at him now he's incredibly successful and doing what he loves and it's sometimes better where you can if you're gonna get if you're gonna, when you find the thing that you love like you should hope that you've uh, lived enough to have the maturity level to take it seriously like the absolutely a lot of the people that struggled and didn't when i switched over were the people on the younger side because they they didn't understand what the real world was like. They didn't understand the importance of taking this seriously. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the when you come back at it with age, you're not really behind. You've gained that experience. It's just you're learning how to apply it to a new career path, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, once you uh, you graduated with your uh, your filmmaking degree, um, how long after that did you get a job in this post-production role that you're in now? I got lucky. Uh, I interviewed at one place and I've worked there since it was about a week later. Um, after graduating, it was someone that I knew had their, uh, internship there and they said, Hey, they're looking for an assistant editor. And I interviewed there and just, yeah, get started. It was a very, very quick turnaround. And it's very weird. I work in an industry where I have a nine to five job most of the time and that is unheard of. So, yeah. The whole thing is not average, and there are people that have to search for work for a while, but I, I, did, I did get very lucky. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, at what point during, while you were doing uh, this role uh, of your job as post-production in the real world now, right. um, when did you start making stuff for Kind of Funny, for the intros and stuff? That's the, so that was the weird kind of thing, is um, I started, I actually started listening to Kind of Funny back in junior high, and I forgot about it, but I had, I, I thought I had just started recently making fan content. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I realized I had a my IGN blog where I clipped out parts of Podcast Beyond, and I had fan art and stuff I had made that was on there, just really bad stuff. And mm-hmm. I got just used to every so often just making something, putting out there. It wasn't that often. And I think it was... The first time I had made something that was actually useful, where I decided, okay, instead of just making things, I'm going to actually try and make something maybe they can use, like take some work off their hands, uh, is when they did that kind of funny best friend tournament, they announced that on the, whatever that, I think it was Game Over Gravy, yeah, it was Game Over Gravy show at the time, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And I made, like, the bracket thing up for them, and I made the like a video explaining it um and they used that and then i think there had been one or two other times where i had made something and they asked like if they can use it and then january 2019 was the first time i had i made that intro further into the spider-verse uh Mm -hmm. review and that was the first time they reached and said like hey can we use this and we're going to ask you for work in the future like to continue to make stuff for us um that's awesome yeah, so it's been about, what, not quite a year and a half, but mm-hmm. getting close to it, yeah, that I've been officially making things for them. Uh, how long does it usually take you to make one of those intros? It really depends. Um, yeah. Hour-wise, I'm not exactly sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. I do know the process is in general, like, I'll get hit up by Tim ahead of time, Um and sometimes there's quite a bit ahead of time. Like he might just offhand mention they might be making this thing in the future. And mm-hmm. around then it's like, okay, I'll go through the, my, I'll begin my process of what I'm going to probably end up doing. Just not quite committing to anything while I'm making it. Cause I don't want to waste work. Um, mm-hmm. But 
then it, it I don't want to completely reveal when evil Oh yeah, no no no. Yeah. yeah. Uh when that process ends up going for how long it takes, but it really does vary between them. And I was talking to uh what's his name? Kyle I I'm friends with him. I always I'm not going to pronounce his name properly. Kyle Fedinu. Starts with an F. Yeah, Fedinu. It's what I think it is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he used to be Agent Coleman on Twitter. He's now uh, he's now his actual name. <laughs> I think I'm going to butcher yeah. K Fed. <laughs> um, I was talking to him because it's a very it, it's a similar thing. It varies a lot. Like you can tell the difference between some intros if they're uh, more. You can tell how complicated some of them are versus sure. others, right? And that was mm-hmm. a conversation I had with Tim recently as well. Is it depends on the how important the review series is, like how long it's going to be. Like if it's something where it's going to be eight episodes or it's going to be two, the amount mm-hmm. of time I spend on them is going to vary drastically. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not worth it for them for me to put in a bunch of time on something that is going to yeah, be watched absolutely. twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a favorite out of the ones you've made so far? I, I I think I do. I think I either the original Spider Verse one or the new Transformers one. I think mm-hmm. those one of those two. Just because I I've realized like okay I I enjoy working with glitchy looking graphics. Um, I'm also a fan of there's certain ones that I'm a fan of just because there's the least amount of flaws in them, like the least complicated ones, like the Toy Story one. I, I like that one because it's like okay I it was simple enough that there was it's i don't it's the one i look at and i see the least amount of points where it's like okay i would have changed this this and this and sure so. i think that's yeah. why the other ones are fast-paced enough that i don't have time to think about it and that one's simple enough that there's nothing for me to really feel self-conscious about yeah yeah, yeah definitely um yeah that's great so in in your off time when you're not making these kf intros or working on post-production editing all day what do you do for fun that is something I've been... I've thought about that a few times recently because it is mm. a weird thing of my hobbies used to be, like... I, I, it's weird things where it, it sounds boring, but, like, oh, I liked movies and I liked games and I liked listening to podcasts and I liked sure. f- filmmaking and I liked, uh, like, uh, exercise, I guess. But, like, the last one there, that's a thing you just have to kind of do and the other ones are kind of what i do for work now mm-hmm. and i so i don't know where the line is anymore what i'm doing for fun and what i'm doing for work yeah yeah, yeah. um which is a little difficult so i'm I, I i think generally what i do for just fun things i have just for me are the creative endeavors i have that i'm bad at and i know i'm bad at like i have a guitar that uh i i started playing when i was in junior high and stopped and recently around christmas i took it from my parents place and brought it to my apartment just so i could i knew like i will never know how to play this but this is just for fun because yeah no one else will ever hear it so this is just for me to relax that's like things like that and drawing and like any kind of art stuff like that's probably what i'm actually doing just for fun right mm-hmm. all right yeah nice um how do you going back to what you were saying earlier um how do you get out of that rut of what you do for work is what you do for fun. Like, have you found something that kind of gets you out of that? Yeah. I think, I think, uh, getting out of that is really just where I work for a week and try and finish up anything I have left over to get done. Like if I have Mm -hmm. reviews to get done for CAF or I have, uh, 
any one short film that I'm editing or any kind of other work that I have just remaining, I finish it off and I can set it aside. And if I get a weekend where I don't have to do anything, I think that's where it's just like, okay, I'm going to do nothing and whatever I feel like, like maybe I'll hop into Fortnite or some game that's just like it turn off my brain and catch yeah. up on maybe some show in the background or something. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where I can hit the reset button. And I know like during that whole weekend, I am doing nothing that can be related or sometimes what I'll do as well is like, I'll take my hard drive that has all my work on it and I'll bring it to work and leave it there. So mm-hmm. that I know it's like, I'm cutting myself off. Like anything I'm doing now, even if it's related to this kind of stuff that might be for my work, if I'm doing it, it can only be for fun. I can't get any work done. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, really the, funding a divide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there there are some times where you literally have to leave work elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, you have no choice but to kind of enjoy yourself because I think that's healthy. Yeah, you get you got to find that separation somehow. So yeah, good good on you for finding the ways that you can actually get get it done. Yeah, because I know it's <laughs> difficult. I know it's extremely, especially now, especially we're stuck inside. Yeah, yeah. You don't really have been... a whole lot of leeway. It's brutal. I've been lucky in that I still have a job that I'm the only person on my floor now. Mm-hmm. But I've stopped okay. taking public transportation. I'm walking there for an hour. I'm walking for an hour back every day. So oh, wow. I have less time at home um, because of that. But I, uh, it it is nice now that it's like, okay, I do have still a clear divide. I've been busy because of it. And it's been taking up more of my time. But I, I've been lucky in that I know if I was stuck in my room working, I would not be able to find that divide anymore. It would just be, yeah. I would either be unproductive or I wouldn't be able to relax. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now we're at this part of the show where I asked my guests where their Twitter handle has come from. And your Twitter Twitter <laughs> handle is at Cameron Ken. So yes. pretty self-explanatory. So I'm going to ask you what I usually do when people usually have their name as their handle. Have you ever had any embarrassing screen names? Yes, this like is that. one I, I I heard. I can't remember which episode it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it was. It may have been Chloe's episode. I went back and listened to where sure. she may have talked about something. Mine was from. I had something called. It was Almex Two A L M E X Two, which there might mm. be existing accounts that they relate to it. I don't remember. That came from. Uh, there was this Disney online game thing, kind of like. Maybe maybe their version of like Habbo Hotel or Club Penguin, but it was set in a Disney park. I can't remember what okay. it was called. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I ever had to create an, a username for something. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be clever. I'm going to take my full name, Cameron Alexander Kennedy, and I'm going to do some... It, I was thinking it was an algorithm. I think it was legit, eeny, meeny, money, <laughs> mo, and choose letters and end up forming something. And I came up mm-hmm. with Almax, and then it was already taken. So I thought, I'm the... F- I'm clever. I'm 10 years old. I'm the first person that's ever come up with this. I'm going to add a two on the end, and that's going to nice. be real funny. <laughs> Not realizing, oh, everyone in this game has numbers at the ends because that's yeah. how the internet works. Uh, and only later realizing all I managed to do during that whole process, which took me like 15 minutes, was just take the Alex from Alexander and add the M from Cameron in the very middle of it. <laughs> uh, and so I stuck with that for a while, and after that, and getting so annoyed i still had accounts like my psn name was attached to it i just said like okay from now on i'm only ever going to use my name either cameron ken or cam ken of just nothing i can regret just the most boring thing i can possibly come up with yeah yeah that's something i'm jealous of i say that all the time when people have their own names like i'm jealous you have that i would love just at kyle yeah great (laughs) i have a friend who their twitter name used to be their actual name 
Damn. And they changed it to something dumb that was like a trend at the time, and oh, they couldn't man. get it back. Now. <laughs> like, yeah, they lost it. I think the only thing I, that I would do if I had like at Kyle and some rich guy was like, "Hey, I would love to have at Kyle." I'll sell like, it. Sure, yeah. I'll sell it for you. No, I've thought about that. Is like, <laughs> I, not that anyone's gonna buy it, but I have thought of like, if for some reason I lose it, like what's the best case scenario of like, what am I willing to do in order to just lose my name? <laughs> yeah. And have to mm-hmm. start from scratch something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The money definitely makes the world go around in that regard. So. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Uh, excellent. Uh, we all have those embarrassing names. So thank you for sharing that one with <laughs> us. Uh, now we, I'm going to ask you uh, one thing that you think people should watch, read, listen to, or play especially since most of us are kind of stuck inside. So what do you got for us? Uh, the thing I'm going to recommend is the show Atlanta on FX. Uh, uh, that is Donald Glover's show. I'm a huge, huge Donald Glover fan, um, which mm-hmm. you can't see right now. Right behind you right now is a poster of for his album Because the Internet, I think was done by Sam Spratt, I think is the name of the artist. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got stuff just all around. I'm a huge fan of his, and I think his show is kind of... I was watching that, and I was watching the show Dave recently, mm-hmm. and I think watching Dave has made me realize how special Atlanta is, how it they're both takes on the music industry and a rapper with a one hit on the internet that becomes goes viral and them trying to make it through the industry. That's the general setup, and they're both satire of that same industry, but how effortlessly perfect Donald manages to make that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and how f- sometimes funny, but also strange and very moving, um, he makes it and both of them try and go for surreal, but there's only one where like something I like about him as an artist is he puts his work out there and it is, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, it's not what you expect. Sure. It's very subversive. Um, but he 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 lets it speak for itself. He's someone who his social media like he deletes everything on there like, and he does few interviews. And when he does them, if it's his own personal work, not something he's starring in with someone else's, he he just he's very much about saying like I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to let it speak for itself. And I appreciate that. And I think the show is a perfect example where it's he's kind of mixing everything his knowledge of the music industry um, from being a rapper his time as a comedian bringing the comedy aspects into it his time working as an actor and now he's producing writing directing like it mm-hmm. is his it is a perfect combination of everything that he is good at and he's bringing it into the show and it is it's it's very unique it's its own thing and when you watch another show that like dave which is great but when it comes similar when it feels too similar to it it you, it, 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 you can't get too close to it or it begins to like he's doing so much of his own thing that yeah anything coming close just feels like it's trying to copy it, even if it isn't it's just yeah. he has it's looking like a ripoff yeah and which is which is too bad because like it's his i think he he found a territory no one was in he just planted his flag and sure. yeah he yeah. did such a good job that yeah now it's just nothing you, you kind of see that in games where every everything has a battle royale now yeah yeah, and, and like when they, they one see does something it. that works, and then everything has it, and then yeah, like you said, when one does not have it, you're like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, well, it's like even if like if you got that like ninety nine percent of the way there, that one percent is the big difference between like good and like a masterpiece, right? Yeah, definitely. 
I have not uh, watched Atlanta yet. Right. Or Dave. That is that is totally my bad. I'm always late on all these things. Right. Um, <laughs> they're both. How many? I think they're both FX, which is weird to access sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just recently a friend gave me the their uh, Hulu login. So oh, perfect. That's, I just watched Devs. I watched What We Do in the Shadows because I've heard those two are fantastic. And what We Do in the are. Shadows is another really good one. So good one. Yeah. Um, but how how long is Atlanta? Is it a couple seasons? Is it still going? Is it ended? It's. He he's done two seasons. Each is, I believe, ten episodes. Okay, I'd have to check that. I think they're both mm-hmm. ten now. He has two more that are renewed that were supposed to film this year and have gone delayed because of COVID. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, it is something where I th- like a lot of his work. He, I think, he just it's something he's allowed to just come back to whenever he wants to continue it. Sure. Um, but I also don't think it's something that will go on for ten seasons as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I I I so just want to be Donald Glover. Yeah. <laughs> he seems to be the coolest and and uh, one of the smartest and creative people. Yeah. In media, just in general, like I, my my first interaction with him was through Community, and yeah. I love Community. But when you see the stuff he does since since Community, I'm like, oh my god, that is such a small, small little tiny thing compared to the range that he has shown us. And I feel like he is so much better in, in the stuff that he's done since then. It is um, when that's blown up on Netflix recently. I've thought about yeah. like coming in from the like. It's, I had the same thing. My first interaction with him would have been Community. So like seeing him grow and knowing the whole time like this dude is incredibly talented and seeing like finally where his music especially started off i noticed his first album was a lot of like him trying to prove himself like him trying to say people like pay attention like i look what i've done already like and i'm only getting better like i have something to do and there's there are a lot of lines in his earlier stuff where it's just like i'm not your average online internet nerdy black guy like it it is it's coming from that point to where everyone's taking him seriously and loving him yeah. and seeing it like grow from there. It's like, wow. I, because the internet, he eased off of it and it became this very strange thing. And that's where he became a, like a little bit of a weirder artist. And then uh, with awaken my love and uh, especially this is America where it's like, no, I'm going to take a step back and I'm not going to say anything. Like I'm not, he, he's not someone who, he's not a rapper. That's going to get into rappy rappy. No, he's yeah. not going to talk himself up. He's going to just, let his work randomly drop and really just he's above it now. Like he is that kind of artist and he's turned into someone who I was talking to someone earlier about it, who he's the kind of artist where I have the level of trust in them to know that if something of theirs doesn't work for me, it's just because it doesn't work for me. I fully believe that if he puts his name behind it, it's something that he made it the way he thinks it should be. Mm-hmm. And it's worth listening to or consuming just because of that. I'm not... You, there's He's never going to put something out, unless he's starring in some Disney movie or something. Sure. He's not going to put something out where you feel like a studio meddling in it. Or like him trying to make a quick buck or something, right? Absolutely. His name means something. And when you're that talented in so many different areas, like it's, it's something special. Absolutely, yeah. And he won awards for Atlanta, correct? Yeah, so. he uh, won a Emmys. couple Emmys. Yeah, I don't remember what they were for, but he's won at least mm-hmm. a couple. Yeah, yeah, and that's something else I just thought of when I thought of him winning Emmys. Is like 
he started as a writer on 30 Rock, yeah. which is another one of my favorite shows ever. That's where Who Dat Ninja came from. It's right. from the Tracy Morgan, <laughs> uh, very small side joke in the show. And then he go to Community, which is kind of like a, a small step from there where he's on screen and then see him leave there and blow up. It's just it's awe. It's like awe inspiring. It's yeah, in, it's incredible. And I, I feel like he not that he knows it but like you can tell he's not getting that ego like he, he's not like treat me like this because i of my rise to superstar right right he, he still seems super grounded which is what i love he seems grounded and not it feels like he's gained a level of self-confidence to not have to do that right and not have Absolutely. to yeah ask people yeah. to pay attention anymore mm-hmm. yeah atlanta's a great pick um, now that I've I've done through all my required viewing that my <laughs> friends told me to watch, I'll probably hop on that. Either that or My Hero, because so many people have told me. To yeah, watch I've heard my a lot hero. of good things. I've heard a lot of good things about My Hero. The the first season was free on PlayStation Network, so I was like, all right, right. I, grab I, that I saw that. Like, I did not grab it. <laughs> we'll see how it, how it goes. Right. Um, but this being a show all about the kind of funny community, I have to ask you, Cameron, what got you into kind of funny? What was the right. stepping stone? So I've been there since the beginning for kind of funny itself and for that it would have been because of back in beyond days of mm-hmm. uh i think it was 2010 or 2011 that i started listening to beyond and that would have been because of the anticipation of infamous 2 from like that e3 where it was announced in 2010 i think mm-hmm. and following like very quickly like falling in love with like greg and colin and then tim i would have seen around on just videos once like once i got into beyond i want more of that i would go off and maybe listen to game scoop or knocking boots or something and became more familiar with who was on that editorial team Mm -hmm. um and then seeing other videos and like i would see tim pop up and at the time i only knew him as like oh he's the guy that's around alfredo all the time um and then the only one i wouldn't have been familiar with of the founders would have been nick uh because he was behind the camera right and i guess i would have seen him in things but wouldn't have recognized him right yeah um and so yeah i was that was a daily thing consuming their content up until the launch so i would have been i was in junior high when i started listening to beyond and they started the game over greggy show while i was in high school and then i think my september 2014 they started kind of funny not Mm -hmm. the official uh uh, breaking off from ign but they started kind of funny and i that was few couple of weeks into university for me um and it that i feel like that kind of thing of that was a nice kind of moment seeing them a few months later break off and do their own thing came at a nice time for me of going off into this next chapter of my life yeah um so yeah it's been they they're always a big part of my life but i think that moment seeing them do that and they became a daily thing with their daily shows um is where became solidified as like i knew there would always be something i was listening to but now this is a big part of my life yeah for sure um were you or are you a video watcher or are you a audio listener? i'm video because uh, film industry stuff i yeah. uh I, mean, I love video and i uh yeah any kind of thing they do like i feel like the main the big person pushing video is tim and the kind of stuff i see him get excited about like the video wall and those little things that I geek out over so seeing every time they would upgrade something like those are the kind of things that I get excited mm-hmm. about and uh 
the I remember even when they launched the studio, seeing that they had like the rim lighting around the back of their heads. Those are the little things. I was like, okay, I, I enjoy this, and I like seeing their reactions on things. Um, mm-hmm. So I am very much a video person, which is again why like I ended up doing the intro things is because I was already seeing kind of what they were doing. New, like, okay, sure. here's a gap I can fill in. Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm a I'm a visual learner, so yeah. like when I if I want to consume content uh, i will watch it other than listen and like if i do listen i always go back and watch it anyway yeah because I, li- I like seeing what i miss just body language i think tells a lot when jokes are like them laughing at yeah because he's making weird faces like i want to see the face that he's making right and i that's the adhd thing again for me as well it's like i if i'm gonna focus on something i feel like i need two different ways that i'm focusing on it so we're like games it's like the tactile kind of thing and like viewing it or listening um and with the podcast it's like okay i can listen to it but i do notice that i'm listening to a podcast i'm a lot more likely to pause it and get sidetracked not even mm-hmm. noticing if i'm doing something else at the same time so i think the video yeah. thing helps like and there are shows where uh, one like the comedy button um where it's just audio now and i'm like two years behind on it because yeah, of that same kind of thing it. of a yeah, I, I'm more likely to get distracted by something else. Mm-hmm, for sure. I don't know how, for me, this this might just be a me thing, but when I hear everyone like can play games and listen to podcasts at the same time, like I can't do that. Yeah, it, there's very I, few. It has to be, I, I can't be completing something. I have to be popping into like a GTA and driving around. Sure. Yeah, yeah. If, if going back to what you were saying earlier, when you're trying to like unplug just something mindless, yeah, I can t- I can maybe get that. But even then, like I want to hear the in-game audio. I want to hear what the world is like, type of thing. Right. I'm bad for the other day. No, I was just talking to a friend where I had, uh, I realized I had a game going on my TV. I think it was Final Fantasy VII. I had Animal Crossing going on my Switch. <laughs> I had something playing on my phone i don't remember what it was oh no i was reading something on my phone and on my ipad i think i was watching maybe barrett on twitch damn <laughs> that's the kind of like <laughs> i'm that's why i can get distracted easily by those kinds of things i need something mm-hmm. i need something tactile going on while i'm also listening and viewing and so i'm bad for that and yeah if it can Man. consume as many of those points as possible which is probably why i'm even though I'm in the film industry, I play more games than I watch movies. Sure. For that same kind of reason, I think. Yeah. I would love to see you try to... I, I want to see how that works for you. <laughs> it's surprisingly Because I'm trying to wrap like, my head like... Is it Final Fantasy VII Remake or the It's OG It's one? Remake. I think all I was okay. doing in it was... Just a couple of random side missions, maybe. And I was probably getting near the end of it. Probably getting ready to like switch over to... Maybe it was maybe it was Fortnite actually, but it couldn't have been Fortnite. Okay. It was something. Uh-huh. It was something I had going on there, and yeah, it was just a little bit of like okay, in between that, get a little bit of stuff done in uh, Animal Crossing, but also like okay, I might have to look something up and communicate with people on my phone, and then also I'm watching the Twitch, and I don't want to leave the app to go communicate back with people. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I did have four <laughs> screens going at once. Wow, that's incredible. I, I imagine you, like, if it was Remake, you hit the ATB where everything slows down. Right. And then you go, you like, you're fishing Animal Crossing, you put yeah. that down, you type in chat for Barrett. You, like, it, it's a well-oiled machine, and it works, but, man, it, yeah. it's sight to be, sight to be seen. Um, so when it comes to you, kind of funny, obviously, they do a lot of really 
great stuff in, in my opinion, probably yours as well. Um, out of the things that they put out, what is your favorite thing to, uh, to watch? To watch? Um, as far as the regular content goes, uh, I'm probably most into... I like a I like an in review series where any, anyone where they're all on. Yeah, those are the ones that I'm really into. Where, it, and and not just the thing of like if Greg's off. Literally, if like there's an episode where it's like oh if Kevin's on the board or something, um, it it has a different vibe to me. If it's one where they're all on or a, a kind of funny podcast where they're like like at their best, like those are the things I enjoy the most. I think the ones where it's most just. They're there to do something, and their personality is most free to come out. I Absolutely. think those are the kind of content. KFAF uh, is another one, obviously. Like, yeah, I like it for the shenanigans, but uh, I do, I do enjoy the group dynamic a lot. That's why I love when Extra Life comes around, and yeah. it's like the wee wee morning hours where everyone's already exhausted, and then it just gets silly. Extra and Life, that's why yeah, I, love it. I do, I adore <laughs> Extra Life. I tried to go for watching the full twenty four hours this year, and I made it. I think I probably watched 23 of them. <laughs> no, 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 oh, not man. 23. So I'm doing the math wrong. I did probably 19 of them. Okay. Yeah. It's still valiant. That was a valiant effort. Yeah. The issue with it as well as like the times that they're going uh, around the middle there. Like, I think they started probably at like one in the afternoon, maybe two here. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um, which does make it a little bit difficult to make that full 24 hours. But Yeah. 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 Which is something like... Because I, I joke around with Fiona all the time how we're both East Coast, right? Nova Scotia, New York. It's, we're not that far away. Right. But you guys are an hour ahead of me. Yeah. Which is weird. It's weird. <laughs> and it's very, it's an, I don't want to say annoying, but it is the thing of a, we're that extra hour added on to North America, just <laughs> on the very edge there. It's not as bad as Newfoundland has a weird thing where they're mm-hmm. a half, they're, they split the difference. Yeah, she was telling me, it was like, oh, it's only half hour or something Yeah, like it's nuts, which I don't know. I, that's the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard of, quite honestly, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, it is the thing of like, a lot of the time stuff caters to the West Coast, because they're trying to include as many people as possible. So it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. West Coast and best case scenario, catered East Coast, but I'm still an hour ahead of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for for me, when, when uh, you know, when things weren't all shut down because of this pandemic. Like when I was substitute teach and I would love to watch games daily live, but I can't because right. I'm usually teaching. And so I usually wait for the, the replay on YouTube to catch up. And if I'm working my other job, I just, I don't and everything kind of backs yeah. up. So like being, being East coast kind of sucks if you want to watch live. Yeah. The, uh, the ones I used to struggle with were sometimes when they were, uh, Luckily, a lot of their morning shows, when they move them back an hour, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they did that with 4.0. Um, I was... Eight... Did, yeah, didn't they switch the recordings? I, they may have switched like them. Like, went and first? I, yeah, and it went, went first, and it became a... And then I think it was... It, that. Yeah. There's something where it's like, okay, now they're more likely to... Around my time, things start at 2. And mm-hmm. so it can mm-hmm. possibly... Unless, like... Unless I'm really trying to read something, reading is the one where it'll mess me up. Um, sure. But I can probably turn it on on my phone or uh, just have it in the corner on a second monitor while I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, I, I do also prefer prefer because of that weird time difference uh, when they do like this. 
it's weird for me trying to translate back <laughs> what their yeah. times are. I think yeah. it's like sometimes they'll record like... It's three hours for me. Yeah. So it would be four hours for four you. Four hours for me. So I think it's three and 3.30 is when sometimes they'll record the podcast. And I prefer those because it's like, okay, I'm definitely home by that point. Because mm-hmm. it was always annoying yeah. if like they did one where it starts for me at six. It's like, I'm just getting home. So if I go to the gym, I'm not going to make it in time. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, my next question when it comes to Kind of Funny is... Uh, the community is called Best Friends, Kind yep. of Funny Best Friends, KFBFs. So my question to you is, do you consider yourself that, and why? I don't think I did until 4.0. Okay. And I think beforehand, like, I guess I kind of did, but it was more of the mm-hmm. thing of, like, not that I was a lurker, but, like, I I was like, no one wants to hear from me. Like, I'm not going to... Sure. I, I, I know what you're feeling. That say- was me till a couple of years ago I yeah. would just lurk in the Facebook group and not really interact yeah the anywhere. Facebook thing for me as well where the weird thing is is once I start to like st- say stuff and put things out there it was like I had started in Facebook group but like I'm rarely in there now um, mm-hmm. and I don't know what that difference was I think it was probably the uh, kind of funny day where the next day I start working with Spider-Verse intro and then two days later the episode went up Whereas, like, okay, mm-hmm. no, now that a couple of people have heard my name, like, not just the community, but, like, I know people there have, I think that made the difference of, like, okay, I feel more comfortable now. Like, I know I, I, I can physically see something that they're, that I've put out there that is, has, I don't want to say validated, but kind of. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it, I don't know why that makes a difference, but it did. And once I began to feel more comfortable doing that, I began to put more stuff out and it became very obvious to me very quickly. Like this is an incredibly supportive community. Mm-hmm. Like they will go out of their way <laughs> to be nice and compliment you and yeah. just do like, yeah, just unbelievably nice. Like I can't get over it. Um, where just the number of people that like, I'll just, something will go out and I'll always go back where this is like, this sounds narcissistic, but what I'll do is, when a new interview series comes out, I'll go back and rewatch the Twitch chat because I usually miss it, the beginning mm-hmm. of it, um, just to see, like, okay, how are people reacting? Just because I, I have to know, just because, like, I'm anxious before I end up, like... Oh, no, yeah, I, I think everyone has that, Yeah, right? Like, no matter what you do, you kind of want to see... You want to get some sort of feedback, yeah. whether good or bad, so which like, is, you can fix it for the future. Which is the weird thing for me, because I do not take compliments well at all. Oh, same. But at the same time, <laughs> I need... Not I need to hear them. I do need to know what people have to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a bad balance. Uh, but I do think when I saw how quickly, like, knowing how much I had put out there, like, I was I had reservations, and seeing when I just hit, put my toe in the water, how quickly people were willing to support me, like an incredible amount. Um, mm-hmm. And even I've had friends who have hit me up of like they see when I put something on Twitter how nice people are and like they've said how nice that is like yeah seeing people support me that way that I do consider myself one now because I I want to be able to do that back for people sure. and they that's the kind of stuff where I have a different relationship with people in the community than I do with my other friends mm-hmm. and I think that's why I do consider myself that uh, one of the best friends because I that there isn't there i know what that relationship is it's the same yeah. as with my other friends in real life like mm-hmm. 
there's a different dynamic dynamic between everyone and there is one with the community and it's a very supportive one yeah you became someone that was watching it happen yeah and then you had it happen to you and so you understood yeah what the whole hubbub was about for lack of a better word which is why i think like this community has a lot of creators in it because it's absolutely it's the, they've built that company like very clearly and i think that's why they like de- a lot of developers seem to like them they have a good relationship with creators in general because they've built a com- they, they this is something they've felt very important i think a way of uh, presenting themselves and mm-hmm. i think it's rubbed off on this community and they've set that message of like this is what you strive for like support each other and I think that's something special as well when you watch a lot of content online for games and especially for community content. It's very easy to just be cynical. It's yeah. so easy to put on a game and just point out the flaws and make fun of it. And mm-hmm. there's different levels to that. But like at the same time, like that's not what they do. They'll take they'll take something janky and they will talk about the positives in it, right? Like I, they've really nurtured a community for creators and i think i think and i think everyone has a respect in the community for the creative process absolutely and i think that's why going in there when i started off with create putting something creative sounds weird creative out there getting that kind of support is why i realized like okay now this is special this does not happen other places yeah for sure um Excellent. So uh, another th- another thing we do on the show, which we're, we're going to do now, uh, still working on those uh, transitions there, Cameron. Real bad <laughs> at it, but I'm getting there. Uh, every every guest I have uh, on uh, brings a old Game Over Greggy show topic or now kind right. of funny podcast topic. Right. Um, and so what did you bring for us to talk about today? Uh, what was the exact wording? Things that scarred us as yeah, children? Yeah, what scarred you as a child? Scarred you as a child. So I went back, and I only listened to the first couple of minutes of it to make sure that I had the idea right based on what the topic sure. was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they were they mostly started off talking about movies, and those were the ones that I was thinking of when I read the, read the title, because yeah. there are a couple of very, very specifically movies or things that scarred me as a kid, where I remember yeah. mm-hmm. E.T. was something that disturbed me as a kid. Like, I was terrified. Enough mm-hmm. that, like, my parents, thinking it was funny one time, got my brother to chase me around with an E.T. and a Toys R Us, like a stuffed one. Oh, no. Just to terrify <laughs> me. And I legit had so many nightmares about E.T. Um, yeah. And another one was, I loved the cartoon Grinch movie going up, the Dr. Seuss, like, animated yep. one. And so I was real excited for the Jim Carrey one, except the Jim Carrey one was another one that gave me nightmares. <laughs> like, it turned something I love into something that was on that same level of, I was mm-hmm. terrified like traumatized and I legit had nightmares about those two teaming up to come get me. Like, (laughs) I don't know what it was, but there was something very disturbing about both of them to me. No. Yeah, no, I get it. When I, when you brought this up, I immediately thought of movies that scarred me. Cause I think that is, that is something like when you're younger, you, you watch a movie thinking it's like real life. Like this actually really happened. Um, And so the first thing that happened to me was, I think it was like after church we came home and I turned on TV and it was a TV movie like uh, on a local cable channel. Um, I think the movie's called The Blob. It's like an old horror movie. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I distinctly remember turning it on and the first thing that pops on the TV is some guy swallowed up by the blob on the ceiling with right. a look of like, just like, get me out of here. <laughs> like, he's dying. 
Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, what is this? And I remember having nightmares for weeks of me waking up in the middle of the night and thinking a blob is on the ceiling <laughs> coming to get me. Like, th- knowing, thinking now, like, how ridiculous that sounds. Right. That's what but I... Ba- oh, man. I wonder what it is for kids now, because, like, you hear about, especially because of the podcast we listen to, like, people yeah. that had grown up in maybe the decade... Like, people had grown up in, like, maybe the 70s and 80s, like saw movies that were for kids that were a little more disturbing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, if if you think of it, like, Jaws was a PG movie. Yeah. Like, the rating system was completely different. <laughs> yeah, and even Willy Wonka has that scene in oh. the tunnel, right? Absolutely. And so I wonder now, like, okay, by the time from by the time it gets to me, it was like E.T., which was before I was born, I think, when it came out. So that was like a leftover thing made its way onto me. <laughs> Uh, just to haunt me a little bit and then it was the Grinch like so it became more and more tame like I'm not dealing with stuff that was disturbing back then the Grinch wasn't meant to be scary so Mm -hmm. and like you were talking about you saw it on TV like I wonder what are giving kids nightmares now of yeah so that's I think it's less what they see on TV and honestly it's more what they see on YouTube YouTube is what I was gonna say I wonder if it's a thumbnail they click on by mistake and well there was this whole thing and I forgot what was it the oh my god there was like some craze going on that with this creepy face what was it called mama something your mom i can't think of the name but right. it was like this it was taken from a youtube video a long time ago and this this creepy mask thing where the face is elongated bright white eyes right. and like and i remember uh my niece's school sending home a newsletter telling us all about this thing <laughs> Like, be be mindful of what your kids are watching right. and all this blah blah. Because the thing going around on the news was this character would show up and tell you to like to kill your family, Jesus, and, right. and stuff like that. And it, it was just like you know some online trolls having at it and causing all this disturbance. But yeah, I think YouTube is now the new TV movie, right? You, you Which go is and you find something you stumble on because it could be like I've seen it happen. My nieces are watching like kids playing with dolls and like doing the thing like you were doing right <laughs> yeah that yeah. we were doing but they're actually putting it out there for people to see and the next suggested video is like watch we go through this haunted house yeah because like, the algorithm okay. is horrible so yeah, yeah. that was something i was about to point out now like uh because of your career you're you probably have a better idea of that than most adults do right of oh yeah what are influencing kids now yeah for sure which yeah I, so you would say, yeah, YouTube then, right? Like, yeah, for yeah, YouTube is a huge one, and believe it or not, like a lot of kids have phones. Yeah, which is at a, at such a young age, and they're also like on Twitter and on Facebook, so God knows what they see on there. Yeah, those are places where it's like, God, it, it takes a toll on adults to go there. Yeah, I, I don't know what kids it's, are doing. Here, here's a here's a story I don't think I've ever told anybody. I was working at after school job as a homework teacher and i saw these two girls they must have been in fourth grade maybe fifth grade at the time and i saw them they were passing notes right when they were supposed to be working so i go over there it's like hey can i let me just read it you know you're not supposed to be doing that whatever and the note read go home search for two girls one oh my god (laughs) and i my jaw went uh 
what? Yeah. And they just kind of looked at me because that's kind of a weird situation for me to be in. That one, they probably saw that I recognized what it was. Oh, two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> two, it was them being caught that they're talking about something that is clearly not age appropriate or just appropriate in general. <laughs> yeah. And, and three, the fact that I have to bring it up to their parents yeah. and my boss and probably have to explain to my boss what it is. Right, right. So it just that whole 30 seconds of me being just struck with fear of how to handle this situation <laughs> and never thinking that that would be something I would have to deal with. That was something that that particularly kind of became as far as I know, maybe it's just when I became aware of it, maybe it was older, but I think it became a thing when I was in either elementary or junior high. Uh-huh. And I am, you saying that now is like giving me a very different perspective on how that definitely happened either to me or people around me with teachers. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Like, that's a very different perspective where, like, it was a funny thing to us of, like, if the teacher did recognize something. Yeah, big, right? Like, that does make it very it depends on the relationship with the teacher if that's funny or not and i think maybe like yeah i do think there's something with probably uh guys like boys i guess mm -hmm. where to them they probably just find it funny because they're idiots right um yeah. when they're yeah, sure. going through puberty or something whereas yeah mm -hmm. a girl like going through that is probably a lot more embarrassing and traumatizing right yeah to yeah, get I caught would, by a teacher i would imagine so passing that yeah, absolutely. on the note <laughs> yeah the uh, YouTube thing also reminded me of, like, where you're talking about uh, and kids having access to, like, the internet now. Um, yeah. Another one that scarred me as a kid was when I had, I, I got, my parents got internet for the first time in the house. My mom didn't want, like, internet or, like, television around growing up, just to make sure it was focused on, like, school and sports and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And eventually we got it near the end of elementary school, and I looked... I, I got LimeWare because I wanted some music and I wanted movies. And I think I know where this is going. Yeah, so this was <laughs> 2006, I want to say. So it was yeah. 10. Mine was Kazaa. I had Kazaa. Oh, yeah? That was my go-to. Yeah, yeah, there was Kazaa, LimeWire, and I think Bear Show was another one I had. Okay. What, what was the one with the ladybug? Was that LimeWire? <laughs> LimeWire was... It was a green one. It was a lime. That's right. There was also... There was Napster before that. That was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember. There, there was a bunch. Um, mm -hmm. but I, uh, so it was the second parts of the Caribbean movie came out. I think it was Dead Man's Chest. And I thought, I'm, I can't wait to watch this. I'm like, I'm, I've got this new LimeWire thing. I said I was only going to use it for music, but I'm going to see if I can get this movie. And this was legit a repressed memory until maybe a year or two ago. Like, cause it scared, scarred me so much as a kid. Like I blocked it out. Yeah. Uh, I download it and I began to watch it and I very quickly realized this is not that movie. <laughs> this is very clearly uh, pornography, but not knowing as a 10 year old what that was, just knowing viruses are a thing on the internet and mm -hmm. this is not Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> That's not Johnny yeah. Depp. This is a bunch of naked people in some room. Um, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm deleting this. I'm deleting LimeWire. I'm clearing everything off of the computer. <laughs> so scared. I had gunned my family's computer. This big virus that was legit yeah. one that it doesn't sound like something that should have scarred me that much but it was bad enough and i felt so guilty and closed myself off from it so much so my family wouldn't find out that i did forget for about uh just over a decade it's funny you say <laughs> that because that brought up something that also happened because of this file downloading thing yeah i downloaded some video and it was clearly not what it was it was some pornography right 
and I got so scared. <laughs> this is so <laughs> stupid. This is this is back like this is modem technology where yeah, yeah, like yeah. you couldn't you had a, no one could be on the phones right. That's how old I am. Um, and I got so freaked out. I decided to delete the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, what I did was I deleted Internet Explorer and right. thinking, all right, that's it, done, <laughs> done. It's gone. Nobody will ever find out what yeah. I did. Um, I think also because the it was a virus or something. It made the homepage like some sort of porn site, and yep. I couldn't figure out how to fix it. So I was like, <laughs> let me delete the whole get thing. rid of the whole thing. Yeah. And it became a huge deal because my parents aren't tech savvy, yeah. and they didn't know how to fix it. So like, they had to call a computer guy, and they they had to walk through all the steps. I was so embarrassed. They, yeah. I never told them that's what happened, but I don't think I ever will at this point. Yeah, which is the same it with just, my parents. Of like, there was I think there was a pop up once. I was like, I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. I did something wrong. Like, that I think that's the thing of being lucky with. Not that my parents uh, didn't know how to use technology, but because. I think our generation has had a bigger interest in it. It was more ingrained in our lives that you're used to being the tech person around the house a lot of the time, right? Absolutely. And yeah. so <laughs> you're a lot, it's very easy to get away with these lies of like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, oh, I can't figure out it's this, 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 like blah, 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 some problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or in my case, like I have a younger sister, I would be totally like, oh, it must be something she did. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, the pop-ups are her fault. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, something else that I thought of when it comes to like things that scarred me, and this is taking it to a whole nother level. Again, another movie was Twister. Right. Um, uh, you know, full circle with the the nature just messing up with like tornadoes and stuff. Right. That really messed with me because that's not something we get here on Long Island. Oh, like, yeah, we get yeah. Here and there now. Now that I'm older, uh, we've had one close by, and I've been through crazy severe thunderstorms where the sky gets like green. That's how crazy it is. Right. Um. But this movie freaked me out to the point where I not only was afraid of tornadoes, but I was scared of high winds. So like every <laughs> night I would I would go and watch the weather channel and for the forecast. And if it's even above 20 miles per hour, I would start having severe anxiety <laughs> attacks yeah. to the point where I'm like, dad, I and I was older. I was yeah. like middle school. Right. Like, yeah, this yeah, yeah. Is, I was like, dad, I can't sleep. I'm scared of the wind. I, and he would try to hold back laughter because looking back, like, I realize how stupid it is. I mean, I get it, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> but movies was, can do that if you're not yeah, used to it. I was so afraid of any high winds that I would legit give myself a panic attack. And I would not go out with friends or go to movies. It was just like, I'm going to sit in my bed and kind of just curl up and just try to go to sleep. And yeah. hope that the roof is still attached when I wake up. I was, uh, that, that reminded me, I was on a swim team for like, I think almost a decade. And when I was probably also in junior high was the, maybe earlier on, it was either end of elementary school or junior high. I watched the movie jaws for the first time and I only got like an hour into it, but mm. I did not want to swim in anything besides a pool at that point. Like, yeah, I, swimming was my thing. I did every day, multiple times a day. And it was, it suddenly became a thing for like a week or two. I was just not comfortable. Yeah. I had to get past it because it was the thing I was doing all the time. Right. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, uh, that, it is shocking. Uh, not that they let kids watch those movies, but mm-hmm kind of the difference now of like what the serious movie that's aimed at kids i've probably seen the last like decade was maybe shazam 
Yeah, I could see that. Had those creepy monster things in it, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, they they were they were willing to like just f- not not introduce kids to the real world, but <laughs> introduce yeah. them into a much scarier one. You have to worry about yeah. sharks and tornadoes and quicksand and. Well, that's a that's a thing of my nieces. I love Harry Potter, so I yeah. wanted to show them the movies. And first one is not that scary, but then the second one where this giant snake is, yeah, uh, you know, f- f- paralyzing people, and there's like a pool of blood and yeah, writing on the wall in blood. Like they ran, like See, they were. There was too much for them. That's surprising to me because I adored Harry Potter as a kid. The mug I'm using is a. Uh, oh, Marauder's sweet. Map one. Nice. I, uh, it, going before the third movie came out, because I knew it was going to be scarier, I prepared myself by watching the first one, because it was like, for me, that was the scarier one. Oh, really? And okay. I think the reason for that was, like, I for me, it's like, okay, big snake, but, like, I wasn't used to seeing snakes in general, so a giant one, it's like, okay, and I know that's not real. In sure. the blood, I don't, for some, I don't know why the blood didn't bother me, maybe because, like, I, it that was something I was never squeamish about. Mm-hmm. For me, it was the the forbidden forest scenes yeah yep um with that like hooded figure the cloaked thing kind of floating kind of gliding away yeah Yeah. and then Mm -hmm. voldemort at the end with his face on the back of the head those disturbed me and maybe it was because those were ones where it was one person alone with an something else that felt real to me Mm -hmm. it felt like a it felt like something I could actually see in the woods in the dark coming at me. Though, I guess there is the other thing of the spiders in the second one of... Those are <laughs> yeah, a very real threat as a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's going going back to, like, the darkness thing. I think going with, like... You mentioned, like, those situations where you're alone with this creepy, weird thing. Yeah. Um, like Harry and, and Voldemort in, that, in the first Harry Potter movie. Ha- have you ever, like... Or do you remember as a kid, like being alone in your room at night and like posters on your wall? If you if you stared long enough, they would like Dude, seem to move on you. I still get that. <laughs> like same. Okay, good. Yes, that but is like, still a thing of like if I have a jacket hanging up, it's like that looks a lot like a person. And legit, like mm-hmm. my roommate has a uh, our back deck is through their room, um, mm-hmm. and so they have a big glass sliding door there. It's like thank God that is not my room because I cannot oh, yeah. deal with that there. Like. No. Legit, if no one's home, it's like, I make sure the doors are locked, and I have to close that yeah. bedroom door just to make sure it's like, I know a shadow, it will definitely throw me off. Yeah, I had a, uh, I used to have these Ninja Turtles, like, do you, do you know what fatheads are? No. They're they're like um, vinyl stickers for walls. Okay, okay. Like giant logos, like, I don't know if you can see behind yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Mets logo right there? Yep. Yeah. Um, I used to have Ninja Turtle ones as a kid. Like, where you could, like, peel off and move whatever. And I swear that my Leonardo one was moving on me <laughs> during the night. And this was, I was, like, maybe three or four. And to the point where I would scream and run into my parents' room, like, you need to take the Ninja Turtle off my right. wall because it's coming to kill me. And they eventually take took it down and put it in my closet, right. which made it so much worse because every time I opened the closet, I was <laughs> greeted by the turtle. There, yeah. <laughs> and I would just think, like... And then I spent my entire night watching the closet door to see if the closet door would open and see my eyes would like make it move a little bit. Like right. human brain is crazy and when it, you're a kid. <laughs> did you have the thing as a kid as well, or was like if I'm under if if I'm under the blanket, maybe whatever's out there might yeah. not see me. Or like my Absolutely. feet are under it, right? 
Oh, yeah. yeah. E- even to this day, if my feet hang over the edge, I have to curl them in. Which is something that, for me, I can't sleep with anything on my feet. I need them to be... I need my feet out. to be cold yeah. in order to sleep, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something at the same time. I do get that feeling. Especially yeah. if I'm if I'm alone at home and it's late out at night. Or if I'm arriving home late is probably where it's a little bit worse. I still do get that feeling. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Even scary movies when I'm going upstairs to bed. Yeah. And I get that weird, like, someone's behind me the last one me type I, thing. The last one that bothered me, I think, was I was that really... I, not like... Well, I probably did sleep that much that night, was I think I watched one of the Ring movies. And this oh, was in Ring high school. I think my family yeah. was away, and I was at a friend's place and watched it. And I got home, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to sleep in the living room with the lights on tonight. <laughs> like, yeah. Especially yeah, because sure. it's like something coming out of the TV is what's gonna mm-hmm. get you. Right? Another thing that scarred me. Yeah. Was any <laughs> any TV scrambling, white noise. Yeah. Uh-uh, Which I, I had to run away. I mean, that thing <laughs> like it's likely designed the thing that was the most common to see on TVs. If something was going wrong in the TV, that's what they would show. And they made it as disturbing as they possibly could. It's yeah. loud and it is flashing quickly. Like it's meant, it looks like it's meant to scare people into saying like something is wrong right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's been what scarred us as kids. Uh, we're, especially me, I'm kind of messed up, but there you go. <laughs> Thanks, media and movies. Um, what we're going to do next is we're almost we're almost up here on the show, sure. Cam. Uh, but what I'm going to hit you with is the questions from the kind of funny best friends out there. Right. Every episode, uh, I tweet out that well, who my guest is, and I ask for questions, and they tweet at at BFS Talk Funny on Twitter, and we got a bunch for you tonight. So let's hop right in. Let's go with uh, Nuno Marquez okay. at GH Homino on Twitter. Uh, what is the general workflow behind your motion graphics pieces? We kind of mentioned or touched on that a little bit. Yeah, so generally what happens is either I'll get a call or an email from Tim or something just, he'll just let me know in some way of like, hey, these are what we think we're working on in the future. Like, these are ideas. And what I'll first do from there is like, okay, I'll for each series, familiarize myself with the music in them. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'll go on to just different websites, look up, like, what the intros to those movies are. It depends. Like, with something like Harry Potter, like, I know ahead of time, like, what I'm, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I don't have mm-hmm. to think about it. But if, especially if it's one where it's like, okay, this is a series that I know, but, like, I really want to study a little bit more what their intro sequence is like, I'll go on and I'll watch it for each entry in the series, or if there isn't one for it, like, I have to really familiarize myself. Like, there's certain ones, like, I'd never watched a uh, Terminator movie, I'd never seen a Bad Boys Mm -hmm. movie. Like, I think half the movie series I've done, like, I don't know the series. And Mm -hmm. so I really... I, I, I become more familiar with them. I figure out what are the iconic pieces of imagery in them. Um... And then I get a general idea in my head, and then later Tim will send me, like, okay, here's the audio we're using, and then I'll go from there. So it might be that okay. if something, when something like Toy Story, it's like, okay, I know how simple this sounds like, and I know the movies usually begin with, like, those clouds in the background, and then the logo fades in. I don't want to do that. If it seems too simple, I'll figure something a little more, mm-hmm. not complicated, but a little more dynamic. Even with Back to the Future, like, it's kind of, it's... Uh, back from the 80s when they were doing motion graphics then so it's a little too simple 
Um, so I'll figure out something that's a, something else I can fill that time in with. We don't need 18 seconds of just a black screen with text on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's certain ones where it it really does depend where it's like the DCU doesn't really have an introduction. The Transformers movies don't really have something that iconic. And the music Tim sent me is like, it's a song from the 80s movie, right? And so then I those are ones where I have to get a little bit more creative. And I might begin to storyboard them, and then I'll bring them into Premiere and try and line stuff up just based on time. And uh, I'll always do a title treatment, just uh, creating the logo mm-hmm. in some way ahead of time. And then I'll be able to time it out and then figure out from there, like, how do I polish this up, turn this actually into something real instead of uh, After Effects. Gotcha. Nice. Uh, and to piggyback off that, K-Bobs, at K-Bobs on TV on Twitter, says, what intro was the hardest to make? Right. So, I think the hardest one, most recently the hardest was, uh, it depends. Um, the one that definitely, there's ones that are difficult where it is, again, like, if there is nothing that iconic of an intro, mm-hmm. the ones where I have to get more creative, like, Transformers, it was more, at first I struggled with it because it's like, what am I going to do with this? Uh, but those are the ones that often will end up being the ones I enjoy the most because I actually get to put the most of my own work into them. Whereas mm-hmm. there are certain ones like uh, the View Askew one that I just did, where it's mm-hmm. like, that's just raw time I have to put in. Like, I know ex- I can look at it and I can't analyze it, but it's like, okay, I'm going to do a lot of frame by frame work, and those can be time consuming, which is. Uh, why I know for sure the one where, as far as, I, yeah, I don't even know why. The, the other ones don't compare. The one that is by far the most difficult was the Mission Impossible one. Because mm-hmm. like, okay, this is the first one they're paying me for. Like, this is the first official work I'm doing. I'm going to try rotoscoping for the first time, like animation. Like, I'm just going to, like, because a lot of the time it's like, I want to try something new. Something that, like... I know I can accomplish well and look simple and okay, but as well integrate something new I've never done into it. Mm-hmm. And holy crap, I got like halfway through and I was like, this was a mistake. Like, <laughs> I should have done something else, which now I could probably be able to bang it out a lot faster. But sure. at the time, there's a, in the middle of that one, I think the KF logo pops up and pops up and flames and shows up like a little bit bigger. And that is legit because... I was working on a shot for the last couple of days and I was like, I'm just cutting this. I'm putting something else in instead because I hit like a breaking point of a, yeah. Since I was doing rotoscoping, there was a shot I was supposed to get. I was trying to do the biggest stunt from each of the movies and I didn't have one from the third movie because what ended up happening was I tried to do one where there's this shot in mission impossible three, where this helicopter shoots a missile at a car and it explodes next to Tom Cruise and sends him flying to the side and he hits a vehicle and, I was trying to do that and the camera was shaking and everything. I was like, oh my God, this is like, <laughs> it was so much work, which is why uh, there's a shot of Johnny Ace in it and not one of Nick is because uh, that was supposed to be the shot of Nick that I was mm, doing. Okay. And God, yeah, no, I, <laughs> that, one, that was legit like a point where I was like, okay, this is breaking me. And again, like, that's why every so often if the KF logo shows up in the middle of it, like a little bit of a secret is that generally means that's the last thing i'm editing not because i'm trying to rush it out but it's because like i don't have something for here and sometimes it shows up multiple points connecting sequences that's usually where it's like okay i'll bring in imagery again for like there some a logo of some kind into this just to be able to have something visual where yeah. that usually saves me a little bit 
Nice. That's fascinating. I love hearing. I love hearing like what it takes to make these cool things. Which is why, like, again, it's like fifteen yeah. seconds, and then it's done. Where it's yeah. like, I don't think half the people think about it, but like, <laughs> I ha- sure, yeah. No, it's fine. Well, we thank you for it. They're awesome. Thank you. Um, next question comes from at Kind of Funny New Jersey, another local community uh, group out there. Uh, what do you consider your proudest moment? Proudest moment. Um, what is my proudest moment? It's a tough question. It's a very deep question. Yeah, it is. I think the the ones that come to mind are probably ones where it's like. There have been a lot in the past year and a half with kind of funny. I know for sure, mm-hmm. just in the thing of like having a, having literal heroes of mine, right? Where, uh, feeling validated by them. Those are like, those have been big moments of, uh, and especially Tim, especially like most supportive person ever. And like the most enthusiastic kind of person hearing someone like that, who I look up to speak. So f- kindly of me sure yeah those are those are moments where i've definitely felt very proud um there have been other ones where i remember uh in 2017 after my first year of film school at a film that i uh co-directed and then edited with a friend of mine that we got into a short film sorry short film it was a short film we got into a festival mm-hmm. and presenting that was another one where it's like okay my I get tickets for my friends and my family that were in the audience and it's a full theater and presenting this in front of people and like answering questions about it. That was, that was another moment I think. in as far as recent past five years, those are two kinds of moments I've had awesome. that. Yeah. Probably my proudest. Yeah. Great. Uh, next question comes from uh, Matt Batson at Matt S Batson on Twitter. Uh, is there anything Lucha could ever do to earn your forgiveness? And if not, what other video game would you put him in to torture him? Now, I'm not sure what this is in reference to. So there's this asshole I know named uh, named Lucha. He's a uh, he's a villager in Animal Crossing. Oh, okay. And so the <laughs> other day, this may have been Sunday, I was on my island and I was just getting work done. I saw like, oh, there's a bag off to the side. Like, picked up, it was something someone had dropped, and I went to go find someone and see, like, whose is this possibly? Mm-hmm. First person I saw was, like, Lucha's lights were on, so it's like, okay, I'm gonna go into his house and check if it's his. Like, just trying to return it, trying to do a good deed. And his reaction is pretty much, you think this was mine? Have you seen my aesthetic? Like, oh, geez. me, like, you idiot, this is clearly <laughs> not mine. It's like, well, asshole, <laughs> I did not check what was in the bag. I can't do that. I was trying to do something nice here. And so from there on, and plus the dude was cocky, I set out to just make it my goal to ruin his life, which eventually <laughs> nothing was bothering him to the point where it's like, okay, just come stranded on a little island in the middle of my river. And I was just hitting him with my net and he kept getting upset. <laughs> and I, I got lucky where yesterday I had the best moment of he came to me and said he's thinking of moving. So today, okay. today, as we're recording, is his last day on the island. And tomorrow I am planning on buying uh, those confetti things and just throwing a little yep. party on the island <laughs> having a celebration because I am so happy he's getting out of here. I can't believe like Animal Crossing is a game like this right like it is mind-blowing yeah that people have these moments in this game i where, like 
they're throwing a party because their most hated villager is gone. Like, that's awesome. This dude was a legit jerk. I was trying to do something nice, and he was so rude. I, uh, <laughs> if I had to put him into another game, I'd throw him into dead, uh, like, Dark Souls or something. Dark Souls? Or, like, a That'd be good. Bloodborne or something like that. Mm. Just something or, uh, any kind of horror game. Some kind of survival yeah. horror. You can put him in Saw and just not try to undo the trap. Throw him into Resident Evil 7. There you Something go. like that. <laughs> Before we go, I'm going to take you through the Makuga zone. Yes, awesome. Are you familiar with one Josh Makuga? I do. I'm a big, big fan. Awesome. So I'm going to put three minutes on the clock, and I'm going to uh, give you rapid-fire icebreaker questions like Josh Makuga does on his show, The Josh Makuga Show, on YouTube. Exciting. Nice. Um, so first thing that pops in your head is what you say. Are you ready? Sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a quick drink of tea. Yes. Please do. Okay. I'm all, I'm all ready to go now. Three, two, one, go. Favorite day of the week? Uh, Saturday. Favorite holiday? Halloween. Uh, fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is fine. <laughs> uh, invisibility or super strength? Ooh, invisibility. Uh, favorite childhood TV show? Oh, um. Shit. Uh, crap, I don't even know what I watched. Uh, <laughs> Recess. Oh, good good call on that one. Uh, cake or pie? Pie. 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 Uh, have you ever worn socks with sandals? Never. Never. I'm not a demon. <laughs> uh, what's the best age? <sighs> I'm hoping 24. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if Voldemort offered you a hug, would you accept? No, he doesn't know love. Uh, name one of the seven dwarves. Dopey. Uh, what's the fastest speed you've ever driven in a car? Speed limit. There you go. Man <laughs> after my mo- own heart right there. Um, Godfather or Star Wars? Star Wars. I, I, I've never seen Godfather. Okay. Uh, big dogs or small dogs? Oh damn, I like medium. Um, I'll, I'll say I'll say big. Okay. Uh, oh, not that one. How many hours of sleep do you need? I need five. Okay. Uh, if you could ask God one question, one question, what would it be? How are you doing? Uh, do you know how to salsa dance? No, I don't know how to regular dance. <laughs> uh, how many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Zero. I uh, get anxiety from them. Favorite type of muffin? Ooh, um, carrot. Giving presents or getting presents? Giving, 100%. Uh, if Kim Kardashian and Donald Trump were both drowning and you can only save one, who would it be? Uh, Kardashian. 100% Kardashian. Uh, can you touch your toes without bending your knees? Yes. Yes, I can. Have you ever tasted soap? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you currently own any stuffed animals? Uh, I own the kind of funny smiley plush. Nice. Um, uh, a very kind of funny base question. If the toilet paper roll is really low but not completely out, do you replace it or leave it for someone else? You replace it. You definitely Absolutely. replace it. <laughs> uh last question what's your favorite carnival food oh damn what do they serve at carnivals um i know uh popcorn uh 
Sweet. I'll take it. <laughs> Excellent, Cam. This is the end of Best Friends Talk Funny. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. It's been awesome getting to know you a bit better. Thank and, you. Uh, uh, you're definitely, definitely you an inspiration me. to me and many others who creatively and doing you do great work. So keep it up. Thank you. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. You are very very good at what you do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, if people want to follow you on the interwebs, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at Cameron Ken on Twitter. That is most likely where i post uh any of my stuff that's internet accessible Mm -hmm. and uh hopefully we'll see some of those uh old videos if you didn't delete them already yeah i've got a they're they're, you find links to probably some of the stuff i've made on twitter but uh (laughs) a lot of it hopefully hidden sure yeah. uh and you can follow me at who ninja 73 on twitter bfs talk funny is the show on twitter if you like playstation hit up at ps trophy room on twitter we're a weekly playstation show where me and another kind of funny best friend talk the latest and greatest in playstation and if you're ever in in new york or after this all craziness happens you can hit up kind of nyc.com or at kind of nyc on twitter to find out where the next meetup is and until then remember be kinda to one another bye